listening to Inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton and Katie Van Horn. Good morning. Uh, this is Katie Van Horn. <laughs> it's Jackie Clayton. Yes, it is. Uh, and this is the Inclusive AF podcast. Uh, we are happy to be here this morning. Um, we are going to dive into some current events, I think, during this episode. Um, but we are very excited to have um, a, a great, a great guest with us today. And so, uh, Dr. Carrie Mitchell Brown would love for you to introduce yourself, share a little about kind of who you are, what you do, all that good stuff, and then we'll jump right in. Okay, great. It is such a pleasure um, to be here with the both of you. So thank you so much for the invitation and the conversation. And so Carrie Mitchell Brown, I am the founder and chief cultural architect um, and equity strategist of my uh, firm. Uh, it's a boutique consulting firm and I really partner with organizations and leaders who are wanting to change the way that they take on racism, specifically anti-Black racism. Um, and not just in name, but also in deed, like not you know limited to those narrow um, corporate commitment statements, you know, in 2020, like, yeah, we're taking this on and, and that's it. But, um, you know, uh, just doing that. And then I, um, you know, I, I work with clients in a number of um, different ways, and um, I'm really uh, focus, focusing on right now a, um, a special project, which I call a special project, um, where I uh, work at operationalizing, making dark-skinned people more figural within organizations. And so... Um, yeah, I'm really excited about really excited about that work, um, as as well, and hoping that it leads to a blueprint um, to share with other organizations who are, you know, taking this on and need um, a roadmap or um, some framework to to think about, you know, the ways that obstruct that happening um, and things that they can do to improve it. But yeah, that's, that's it about me. That's a lot. <laughs> it, it is, but it's like, there's so many pieces. I'm so glad that there are people doing this organizational transformation work. It's, it's one of those topics where it, I think so many people say, oh, you should do it because it's the right thing to do. But without recognizing that it's going to cause like it's a real verb, it's going to cause real actions. And these are the things to expect. And you foresee, you know, can plan out for those to have a blueprint, I think is awesome. Yeah. And also, you know, it's the creating a practice of it, right? So there's a framework, but then like, what is the practice um and how do you make it part of a business model and not just the hey we're going to focus on diversity or equity and inclusion oh it's black history month asian history month i mean you know um how is it like that 365 all year round right so what are 
some of the things when you, you know, you're talking about a practice and, you know, I think I, not to speak for Jackie in any way, but I think that's one of our core tenants is it can't just be, oh, the, you know, like you said, the Black History Month or whatever, you know, holiday or what, you know, cultural standout it is. But how do you make this a practice that isn't every day in an organization? Yeah, it's really getting, hmm. what I'd like to say is it's moving beyond um, the tactics. Um, we know we see it play out in some really emotional decisions without thinking about the unattended consequences of such sad decisions. Um, and then crisis response, right? And so, um, you know, helping organizations delicately, helping organizations to see that some of the work that they have taken up um, within the last couple of years um, have some limitations um, to things that are future focused, right? And so it's very specific and different for each organization. Um, but I, you know, just like the name, well, yeah, that was a crisis response, but what do you do when you're out of crisis, right? Um, or yes, that was a tactic around language, but how is it um, lived or changing or creating new experiences for uh, dark-skinned people within your organization? I, I think that's such a great call out because, I mean, you kind of mentioned this up front, you know, the all of the pledges, all of the, oh, we're going to put together a statement, we're going to do this. And now looking at this, we just spoke to uh, Dr. Nika White last week, and we were just talking about the fact, like, what is actually happening from all those pledges? And I mean, we know what's happening, nothing, um, or a lot of nothing. Um, and, and so, you know, I think the idea of it becoming just an everyday, this is just how we operate, this is just our culture, is such a critical piece to actually making this real and not just something that we say we're doing. And I think that's just such a critical piece. So I love that you're calling that out. Um, when you when you think about this work and you know, and kind of going back to what you said on the the pledges and whatnot that happened after you know the the murder of George Floyd, the murder of Breonna Taylor, some of these very much crisis response things that companies did what are you seeing in regards to some of those changes or some of those um you know statements whatever you want to call it that folks made yeah i mean one of the things one of the questions that i ask is like what's happened within the year what's happened like within the you know in the in the two in the two years um you know since this has happened and what's been sustained right um that it's actually becoming a praxis of um being in dialogue around um how people are living and feeling like every day um and you know what are some of the things that like what are the lessons that that people um and organizations leaders and organizations you know have have learned um i don't always say um that 
not a lot has happened. Um, but whatever has happened, uh, has it decreased the distance to the goal, right? Were there any goals <laughs> in some instances? Um, and more importantly, what can they be or what should they be now that um, the conversation has, you know, shifted um, a bit more? Um, you know, are the people who are the most impacted, are they carrying all of the weight for getting other folks on board? Like what conversation are we having, right? Are we having a conversation um, that racism doesn't exist or are we having a conversation about what do I do about racism, right? Two separate conversations, but sometimes you don't know uh which one you're in if you don't have if you don't present the question to get some clarity and so um that is you know part of the part of the work and um a lot of organizations picked up doing something and you know is that something the standard in which you want to look back on a couple of years from now and that be like the thing or, or the only thing, like what are the learnings? Um, there have been some quality failures and quality failures are okay if we're learning, um, you know, from them and what we should or might do better, um, you know, moving forward and incrementally making those changes. I, I can appreciate that. I mean, in speaking with it, I think, like you said, you can't you can't be one person making that pledge without an overall commitment, and that has to translate into action or activity, some type of activity long lasting with impact that can be measured. And there's so many things, you know. It it it's how did we get here? A lot of it is why is this why is this something that I you need a consultant to do? What things have you done that hasn't been supportive of dark-skinned people within your organization and how can we undo that? And I think people are, are okay with the fact that, um, like people are, are okay, it's systemic, right? This is systemic without looking at any systems for change. And it's like, how do you expect that to go on? And the lack of acknowledgement is the thing that is, interesting where i found sometimes like if i say black or brown people it's in, it's intentional sometimes i'm saying this is what it's looking like with black people this is what i see this is a pattern that i see and you find someone when you ask the question and they like gasp and it's like if i can say what are you talking about like with be intentional and that makes you uncomfortable we have a lot more work to do and i i, I just you know I'm glad that you're very specific in your language and, and sharing that because I think that's missing all over the place. <laughs> and you talk to people, oh, I want to do that work too. And it's like, oh, well, what is your what are your managers doing to support that work? Oh, well, I'm hoping that we can get there. And you're just like, this is gonna be hard wherever you are. Yes, yes, it's gonna be hard. And it's not automatic, right? So you can't just declare that it it is to be and then it is. There's this really interesting um, thing, uh, Jackie, that you talk about measure. 
like who's measuring? Right. Right. And so, um, you know, I've been in organizations that said, well, we've done this, we've done this, we've done this, we've done this. And so we've, we've made a lot of progress. Like who does the measuring, who's doing the narrating of the, you know, of the impact. Um, and Yeah, it's true. You have to look at that impact and that I remember um, and I always I I brag on my boss sometimes from the learnings that I've gotten. Right. There's been and we've all had bosses that we haven't learned from. Right. Or who wasn't helpful. And I remember early here saying something was successful and um, Kieran asking me, like, well, how do you know that? How do you know it's successful? how are you what are you basing that on um and making sure that there is an alignment or at least an understanding of how are we going to know when we're going in the right direction and so that i think is is struggling too and you have to look across if it's not being measured just because you did the activities you can't say what the impact is it's it's consistently looking what do we have to continue what do we have to stop and what do we have to to analyze um and that's why it's it's funny when people like i want to take a diversity course and it's like no that's like me taking a weight loss course and just hoping that i will magically be lose weight well i took the course you know i still ate cookies after the course but i took it so i'm better i think right and it just doesn't work like that no, not not in isolation for sure. Like if it's part of a continual plan, mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, I take a course, but then, you know, how does that course inform your actions and then your actions or your thought processes um, or your engagement change? And it may not always, right? Oftentimes we get really embarrassed that we fall short of um the goal rather than learning from what is this telling me that i must do or that i should do like organizationally is like what is the world requiring of us mm. and do we have ourselves together in order to deliver on that and being really honest on where the work is required right and so um oftentimes you know leaders would say well yeah i'm okay it's the it's the work with these other people so change happens like everywhere except for, for right here and even as a practitioner there's so much that i am always learning about equity because it shifts right yes and um it's like, yeah, when we get this right, then does that make something else off balance? And so, you know, how do you, what is the continuum for um, interrogation, introspection, and, um, you know, staying at it, like just, just, just sticking with it, because it is raggedy. <laughs> it's, I, it, it's raggedy. I tell my clients, I was like, it's going to be raggedy, and we have to be okay with raggedy. It's taken 500 years for this to bake into our system. And 
we all know that it doesn't work for anyone, but there are some people who have benefited greatly. That's right. Um, who are not acknowledging uh, the the benefit, using the benefit to um, further, you know, for good and not evil. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's so much to to do um and, and and so much ahead and just um you know getting folks to enjoy the process is um key i i like that you call out raggedy because i think that is like the overwhelming message when you're working with clients is that this is this isn't going to be comfortable. This is not going to, there are going to be days when you don't feel good about it. And there are days when you're struggling with it. Um, and I think it is that when you can have that open, honest communication with folks and, and tell them that, like that is, that in and of itself, I think is helpful because, you know, you do have pushback. You do have folks that, oh, it's everybody else but me, as you just mentioned, all of those things. You know, you, you mentioned measurement and I would love, you know, just for you to share with our listeners, when you think about measurement of what's working, what's not working, how do you think about that? How do you think about measuring success or measuring, hey, yes, we've actually made incremental change, whatever it might be? We are gathered here today to give you permission to plan the wedding that you want. I'm Jessica Bishop. And I'm Sari Wienerman. And we're the hosts of the Bouquet Toss podcast. Today's couples have to juggle so many things from family expectations to outdated traditions and what's currently trending. So to make it easier, we're going deep to figure out why we do weddings the way that we do. So you can decide what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. You are cordially invited to subscribe to the Bouquet Toss wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. By the power vested in us, we pronounce you free to plan your day your way. Yeah, what measurement is challenging, <laughs> right? Um, even within organizations, I mean, especially within organizations, right? Um, are we measuring how people are feeling and doing? Are we measuring the number of dark skinned people we have at particular levels, like within the within the organization? Are we measuring the quality of um, you know our our conversation or the depth of our conversation? Um, it's not impossible to measure. It's just the key for me is developing a shared understanding of what we are measuring and for everyone to, or at least the stakeholders to, to be on, on board. And um, once that is determined, then who, whose vantage point are we, or seat, where are we measuring from? Right. If you are an organization that, is let's say predominantly white you have smaller numbers of um, dark-skinned people within the organization but you're erecting all of these initiatives um, to 
have greater visibility of your dark skin folks, but you're not talking to them about, well, do you feel more visible? Are these the right things? Then is it just measures things or to make um, the leaders feel great um, about, you know, sort of taking this up? Or is it really having impact to change? Is there a greater sense of belonging? You know, the people feel as if their contributions are valued or is it just given work and, um, you know, you see no, no, no end to it. Um, and respect, are there high levels of respect? Those are typically not the measures, right? It's like, what's the return on investment? You know, how many people did we turn out? How many folks did we talk to? How many folks did we recruit? What's the, you know, what's the tenure? What's the number of promotions? What's the salary? All those things are important. Um, but the basic human conditions for people to do their very best work are some that we often miss. I think that is, we started looking at how people feel supported right do you feel like you're getting those types of opportunities are you getting supported how are those conversations going because that's the part that i'm glad that you brought that up like that people don't recognize like i don't feel comfortable and and like where you can say i've changed the way that i've communicated i think like internally where i i told someone the other day it's like we're going back and forth and i was like you know what i think it is i think i don't trust you right i was like i don't trust you and let me tell you why because let me tell you what i heard you say right and uh, and i was like and therefore the answer is no full stop period and now I will open it up to you to continue to say, to give me feedback. And the, the person I was speaking with did not recognize that that's how I was feeling based on those, those things. And it's like, that's how I, I felt for a really long time. I just didn't feel safe enough to say that. So maybe we're making progress that I feel safe enough to tell you that I don't trust you. But I feel like that's what happens where it's not just enough to just hire those people, we are, we have to look from a hire to re retire standpoint and follow along those journeys. If that's going to be initiative to see if, if like what you're saying is, is it has to come from the people that you're trying to serve to make sure you get those answers. I think too often people try to make decisions and measure success without asking the actual, not just st not stake, holders like the person who are, are receiving this i remember talking about we were talking about um there's a waco is in a food desert and they were talking about building a community farm and finally somebody finally said like have you ever smelled broccoli like have you have you ever smelled broccoli have you ever cooked it in your home like in a microwave do you know what that smells like now imagine that you've never had broccoli and you're 10 years old like what are you choosing? Like, have you talked to people about what they want to try or what they're willing to? And it's like, you're not asking the right people the right questions. So you have to do that if you're going to measure it appropriately. Absolutely. Um, and I don't, there's this really interesting thing around trust, right? Like, what does that mean, right? It's like, oh, you can trust me, trust you to do what? Or, you know, or do you, yeah, it's this interesting thing around 
trust. Um, and I was just speaking with a client earlier this week, and we talked about trust because you know Trevor Noah signed off. Yes, um, and his um, his in, in his nod to black women was amazing. And what he said was, if you want to know the best way to do it and the most equitable way to do it is to ask Black women, Mm -hmm. right? That's a measure. Like, how many Black women have you talked to about this? And, um, you know, one is being curious. And two is to ask. And, you know, I guess around the midterms in 20. 18 they started talking about trust black women you know trust black women um and you know what like what what does that mean and the thing that was evoked in me um in the trevor noah piece his messaging was to listen Mm -hmm. like to ask and to listen um to to black women because they can't afford to get it wrong, right? They can't afford to have, I mean, just given where black women sit in the distance for the domination line, um, you know, listening and, and, and asking, I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good, good measure um, or an input for for measuring or determining and so um you know in this in this thing around um you know trust is it but do i trust that you mean me no harm do i trust that you understand my interests um do i trust that you care enough about me that you want to see my interests satisfied and realized and fulfilled. Um, And then I think there's even a higher level is, do you trust that, you know, does your trust include caring about me, like me, really understanding my interests well enough that if I'm not around, you can carry my water not in spite of me, but understanding that if you carry my water, you're not helping me, you're helping yourself. Right. Right. Because if you solve for the most impacted, and some folks say vulnerable, then you solve for everyone. Mm -hmm. Like everyone benefits. I want to almost mic drop right there because that was... (laughs) I know. That was good. Let's do it. Drive. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, you know, that's something that we talk about quite a bit on this podcast is the listening and then taking that a step further, the believing. And that, you know, is what you're absolutely talking about. It's not just the, hey, you heard me, but also I know that you're believing me and you're going to take that forward and take action because of it. And I think that's absolutely, that's a great measurement, but I also think it's a it's something that will build that trust. If folks know that they can come to you, they can share their experience and it's not gonna be, 
oh, that's just Bob or, oh, no, I, I don't I don't know if that actually was the case because that didn't happen to me when I was coming up or whatever. And, you know, having those conversations and believing folks in their experience, I, I think that's just the first step of, you know, how do you actually do this work correctly is listening, just that listening and, and being there. And yes, the Trevor Noah sign off might have been the greatest thing ever. Mm -hmm. um, because I think folk like just hearing that and hearing that from someone who has one over and ha is a has such a broad audience, a wide audience, a diverse audience, I think is such a, a great thing. And it's something that everyone is celebrating that he shared that, but also it's like, well, duh. Um, <laughs> so there's that piece as well. But um, I, I love that you're just talking about the listening and believing, but the taking action on what is being shared with you. That's how you're going to build that trust. Yeah. Yeah. Believing and, and participating in the stories, right? So not like co-opting, telling someone else's story that you don't have permission to tell, but for um, the other folks that need convincing, taking some weight off of me. <laughs> right. So I don't have to continue to repeat myself. And not only that, understanding um, that a lot of these experiences, these lived experiences are hard lived experiences, right? Um, and so they are hard to hear, especially in the organization where leaders um, are convinced and believe that they have been and are doing the right thing. It's hard to hear that, yes, you're not. But also, as a Black woman who has been asked many times in many situations and organizations, so how are we doing? It's hard for me to say, too, right? So if you think it's hard for you to hear, imagine how hard it can be for me to say um, when this is my primary source of income, my job, my livelihood, the way that I, the, the, the thing that I do to take care of, of my family, um, what's needed for like a promotion and, a, and, a, um, and upward uh, mobility in um, my work. And so being able to hold those things, you know, at the, at the same time, um, that it is that it is difficult. There was another um, time this year uh, where people just sort of of of, of paused, right? And so um, at the confirmation hearings for um, Supreme Court uh, Justice um, Brown Jackson. Cory Booker used his time, you know, in a way that was great. It was very powerful to witness, you know, his impassioned speech. Um, um, and that at the time I was thinking, yeah, this should be a lesson for others. And then Trevor, Trevor did his, did his thing. And I was like, ah, is there something happening here um, that we should be paying attention to? But with the amount of um, just things happening in the world, um, not just in the U.S., but in, in the globe around race and, 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 and racism, 
um, you know, in this work, it's really hard work. How do we also use um, our time and our platform in a way that acknowledges humanity and light and glory and find um, our joy and peace and hold on to it <laughs> um, for as hard as we can, as long as we can, right? Um, because there are, there are casualties and really significant consequences to um, organizations and, you know, our country and our world if we don't get this right. Welcome change agents to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts. And, you know, we're running out of time. We're running out of time. We're running out of time. I feel like it, and I did love listening to Trevor Noah's, I think I listened to it like three times. And then I went and watched again him with his grandmother his not 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 i would always love all of the conversations that he had with her and it is i I, it's something that um i have learned after doing this work for a little bit of time and and we go through all of us who do this work go through our own stages of learning and understanding and for me during my journey it was first understanding that like I was like, oh, I have to teach you and then you would know to, to be better. But I also had to acknowledge at some point that you were taught and the systems were created for you to not listen to me. So it's easy. You were taught to ignore this when you see it. You were taught that this is happening to someone else and being able to distance yourself from hatred and racism. And so since that's part of your regular vernacular, like, ooh, I just I just minded my business and went home, and then I can go into my safe four walls and not have to deal with this. Like that, you have, to, it, I had to understand, like, that's why this has to be continuous work and take action on your side. Like you have to be able to acknowledge that in order to learn and grow that I can't do this on my own. And it is take the community. and get to the point of, of celebration, I think is so important too, that we can start to, to celebrate like um, um, Brown Jackson and to celebrate these moments and recognize the, the how historical these things are. Um, and I still find it amazing when I talk to someone and they'll say, oh yeah, I was the first insert thing here in 2022 and you're like 
There's so much that people don't know. There's so much that people don't know. Someone said did you, to me the other day, they were like, did you know it's still legal to like, you can legally fire people because they're gay? And I said, did you know women don't have rights guaranteed? And they were like, what? I was like, see, look, <laughs> like, we have to get honest and truthful and with the understanding in order for us to grow. There's a lot of work to do. Well, I, yeah. I think, yes. And I think, I mean, this past week has been, it's one of those, the Respect for Marriage Act was, you know, signed into law. And it is one of those things where you go, okay, wait a minute. That is, it's 2022 and we're still having this conversation about interracial marriage, about, you know, same-sex marriage, all of these things. And, and it is, you know, you just mentioned, you know, you can be fired for being gay. You can be denied housing for being gay or, you know, we all have heard the stories about different discrimination in housing, obviously redlining, all of these things that are still going on, whether we want to admit it or not. And, and I think that's a, the piece of it too, is that there is so much of this stuff that people are not even aware that this is still a thing or still something that is work that's being done. And a lot of times, again, it's being done by black women. Mm -hmm. I think that's the piece that folks don't realize or don't want to acknowledge or whatever it might be. Consistently done by, by, by black women. Yes. There's this, um, this thing, this something that you just said, it evoked this in me, um, you know, folks knowing or not knowing, right. Um, sometimes we are just so determined that we know it all, that we are so far removed from the place where we're learning it all. Mm -hmm. Good right. Um, and what's the process to engage folks in ongoing learning um, and interrogating your own belief system? Because some of the things that we know have been poured into us by some of the people that we love. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are continuously learning that they ain't always right, right? <laughs> um, and, um, you know, I, I, I say this often that as um, white is not always right and black is not always righteous. And so how are we finding our balance, you know, in, in, in between? So that we um, can, you know, be be in a place of of power where we're all winning, right? And we can all win. Like yes. we don't have to have losers. Right. Like when we get this thing right, we will we will all win. And so um, that's the work. Yeah. And and I the part that you just said, I think this is something that, you know, we run into daily. And I think all of us have these experiences of whether it's on social media, talking to a family member, talking to someone who has taught you the thing that, you know, once you are like, oh, wait, maybe that isn't right. Or maybe that isn't accurate. Or let me dig deeper into this. And I don't mean dig deeper, deeper by going onto Facebook and looking up <laughs> and actually doing the work. Um, like that's the piece too that I think most folks it's hard. And so it is like, oh, okay, well, I just will go with that. Whatever so and so told me, 
I'll believe that or I'll think that or I saw it. Joe Rogan said it, so it must be true. Oy. Um to it there, Joe Rogan. <laughs> my daily struggle. <laughs> yeah, um, the expert. Yeah, yeah the, the expert, expert. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that's part of it too, is that you know, I and, and I use the example, you know, I do DEI work. But I can take that off as soon as I leave the room because I am a white woman traveling this world. And for so many folks that are people of color, brown, black and brown, they they can't take that off. And so when you have that um, difference of how you actually navigate the world, being able to go, OK, let me step back and listen and learn and understand. And it is, you know, you mentioned equity is ever evolving. All of these topics are ever evolving. and there are new challenges coming in every day. And I think that's the other piece that's difficult because it's, you know, wow, we got Brittany Griner out of Russia. Oh, but how could, how dare we do that? And, you know, you see this complete, like, what, what, how do we go to these places that are so dark? And so like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Sorry. No, I, I think that that has that has been over overwhelming, and it is, you know, there's always gonna there's always gonna be someone somewhere who has feels like they have to say something, and and you know, but the point what's what's interesting is that we have to look at the bigger point right? The bigger narrative we have, this is a problem that we've had. And just because, you know, people didn't individually know doesn't mean it doesn't happening. So you have to try to educate yourself. And, and you're right, there is a difference between knowing and learning. Um, and uh, uh, I found that interesting, um, you know, Brittany went to Baylor and they were like having a thing locally and I was like okay but I saw what that coach said like I was just like okay where are we, where are we going what are we what is the learning and I keep trying to focus on the learning at this time um to stay positive and see what we're learning and where do we need to grow and how can how can I bring that to the table but I'm just glad that there are our people like you, Dr. Carrie Mitchell Brown, that we know there's other people doing this work and sharing that knowledge and sharing that with our audience to look at it from a different perspective. I think that is just so important. Yeah, um, I, th I think it's important too. And I also think um, as part of this work that we, um, that we must empower, support, love, protect women. When you're talking about, let's talk about the, the big thing, like women and girls and um, then you add on, you know, women of color, specifically black women. Um, you know, there's a root to a lot of this. Um, and sometimes we just, you know, get at, get at the surface, right? So if we even think about the gender-based violence against women and girls, you know, that still remains at an all-time high. And, you know, survivors face discrimination um, when 
the systems and institutions fail to adequately address and prevent violence, um, preventing women and girls to live safely and with dignity. And that's in our workplaces. That's, you know, in the, in, in the times where we, we spend, you know, our, um, our energy, our money, our schools and our housing. Um, and I mean, there's something that COVID has also revealed for us um, and that we, we know that why it wreaked havoc on the world, um, in particular, the most marginalized in our society, the most marginalized in our, our workplaces, um, with household chores being double, right? With, um, you know, distributing, uh, you know, work and responsibilities, um, you know, across everyone in, in the household, not to have the conversation about what makes up your household, like how, what's the constellation of the adults or the, the people living in your house and how does that, um, you know, still overwhelmingly fall on women, the cooking, the shopping, the cleaning, the household management, the child care, the helping with homework, um, and then layering on the um, harms uh, that are perpetuated by organizations like in where we work, um, who also espouse to be a better place uh, for us to work and to be our best selves. And so, um, how do we remove the limited opportunities for women and girls? Um, because when we do that, we limit the opportunity for everyone. That's and there's just so many ways where that's just continuing to, um, you know, to, to weigh down, um, you know, on us. Well, we're still having conversations about marriage equality we're still having conversations about um you know access to you know um health care um all, i can go on for oh. i can go on for months <laughs> <laughs> right right and it's like i'm I, it is miraculous that this was still didn't you know have those laws or didn't have access but i'm glad that we did something and it's like okay let's make sure what's next you know what's what's like be in whatever you're doing be intentional and, and try to um i think the hard part sometimes is to keep going but we just keep going we just we yeah. just keep going you know i teach yeah. i taught my kids how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time <laughs> just, one just bite, one at a time. bite at a time absolutely so I would love for you to share, you know, if there are, you know, a, a takeaway or a couple of key takeaways that you would like for our listeners to know and go do, and then also uh, your, your contact info, we're going to uh, do a little round robin to say, you know, what are the things that you want folks to have heard in this conversation? And what do you want folks to go do because of this conversation? Yeah, um, I often say black explicit and not exclusive. And so again, solving for the most impact that you solve for everyone and 
we don't have to do oppression Olympics around who has it worse. Um, gotcha. uh, but, but, you know, making sure that any of our interventions are at the right level and um, the analysis is right on who is the most, who is the most impacted. Um, what I would say is, um, you know, a lot of organizations like, well, what if you don't have a budget or what if we don't have a plan? Um, how about just treating people like humans? That's a good place to start. And guess what? It's free. It doesn't cost you to, um, you know, tap into someone's humanity. How about just tapping in your own, into your own, right? If you can tap into your own humanity, it's likely that you can make a better connection, um, you know, with, with others. And um, measurements are important. Um, and so determining the distance to goal and, you know, if you're making some progress, you know, towards that goal. And I would say the final thing is to say something to um, a group of, of folks, you know, at a particular time, whether it's a, um, a spouse statement on, you know, here's where we are organizationally, but to live something different is antisocial. Right. And so, um, you know, this is, this work is hard and it's hard on purpose uh, because there are systems and there are, are structures that um, require something very different. Oftentimes we are just like at the, at the surface, but dig a little deeper and, you know, to keep at it, it's going to be raggedy, but with the, intention and attention it can be quite gorgeous i love that thank you jackie i think what i am inspired by is kind of going back to the beginning of um the blueprint of having that blueprint and so i just want people to take away of trying to build a a, a foundation to get to that intention like be intentional and make sure you're building that foundation and let that be known um throughout the or, like it needs to be known throughout the organization it's not just one person's job and uh the i think the biggest piece that i want people to know is dr carrie mitchell brown's organizational development piece. I think a lot of people don't recognize like organizational development, the the cultural architecture and having an understanding of change management around this work, you will fail. It's, you will fail. It is just as even if it was, I mean, you have to have that understanding. And so, um, keep going, but have that foundation, make sure you have that solid foundation and understanding um, so that you can grow within this work. I love that. And I, I, I'm gonna go back to, or hopefully kind of wrap in some of the things that you mentioned. It's the listening as, as you would like to be listened to and believing like you would like to be believed. Um, the experiences of folks because that is such a gold mine of information of what is the experience like for other people and 
I think that's something that we sometimes miss because we go with, we're going to launch this program and it's going to do all the things and it's going to do all the stuff. But if you aren't listening to all the voices, especially as you mentioned, you know, those that are, uh, that have the worst uh, experience or, or are the most marginalized, whatever you want to call it, um, it will improve everyone's experience if you can make those changes based on the folks that are giving you that feedback and and are sharing their experiences even when it doesn't feel great um so yes um how can folks get a hold of you uh you can reach me on all social media channels at dr carrie m brown um and you can also just get over to my website at carriemitchellbrown.com awesome very cool well, thank you so very much for joining us. Uh, truly, you know, we love having these conversations and love having these discussions with folks because I think it's so eye-opening and, you know, so we appreciate you taking the time. Um, this is Katie Van Horn. And this is Jackie Clayton. Bye. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.